fair warning this particular episode is quite heavy with data and a bunch of other conversations about how emails are being engaged by clients and how to better uh, utilize these metrics so we included the presentation slides which were used during the event thank you very much and you can download the slides and follow along while you listen to the podcast it will be a great addition to your library and we also included the email report which was also referred to within the podcast so the uh, download links are in the show notes download them have them ready and take a glance at them while you're listening to the uh, panelists present their sessions thanks for joining us and let's jump right into today's episode welcome to the design course welcome to the design course academy podcast where you learn how to design a first world business in a third world economy here's your host adeboratia jaunu the question is from mr benga saying i observe that mills opening nowadays especially among the youth are for fraud not for business per se so who are to targets when considering email marketing or campaigns any thoughts mr aa or michael all right first off let me just address the issue about um, the wrong use or the poor use of tools if somebody uses a car to go rob a bank it doesn't mean that uh, you have to start looking at every car suspiciously it simply means that the person using it has serious issues the ability to understand what exactly uh, is going on out there in the world will advise on how you craft your messaging for example uh, there is a way uh, fraudulent emails sound your messaging has to Uh, be classy it has to be different you have to be able to capture the ideals of what you're trying to communicate to your recipients and there is also the issue of building trust because um i'm sure that mr benga is operating under the assumption that the email is just going to be sent to people who don't know your brand already okay you have to have built a brand reputation with your mailing list first and then uh, begin to acquaint them with your language and of course occasionally educate them in my in one of my statements in um, earlier i did mention the fact that people have begun to crave uh, more education in the area of how email uh, is to be handled for the benefit of brands so if you as a brand or as uh, someone uh, who sends out uh, messaging to your community or to your mailing list have a regular list of people who expect your messaging you have to take it upon yourself to educate them like like many banks have begun to do they would send out messaging occasionally to highlight to educate their mailing list on what to look out for in fraudulent messaging and what they would never ask for or what they would never do so your target should simply remain it's up to you 
who are you reaching who is your customer who is your ICA and then craft your messaging to suit that over time continue to educate them it is important that you take the responsibility to educate your mailing list about some of these things if you notice that fraud is on the increase uh, jump on your mailing list and educate them create content that will help them not fall prey to uh, incidents li like that thank you sir thank you for the um, feedback from mr ben. okay just, just to add to what he said so it's what they see in their mailbox and what they think the tool is used for that they probably embrace and, and that's why i think this is one of the platform where they can begin to be enlightened that there's more to what this tool can do and i think that's why the push for transactional emails is even much more needed at this time because with the crafting of, of, of those emails it's easier to push the, the that generation to a better use of the tool they can begin to see value in every transaction that they do and begin to see um, how they can leverage other opportunities aside from using for fraudulent businesses so i think that this is the more reason and the need why uh, more and more businesses need to have um, to embrace this solution so they can begin to actually direct you to see more values in actually using the email platform for more productive efforts. Thank you, Mr. E. Yes, yeah, so just to add on the um, thing of um, protecting your customers for fraud, I just want to um, raise something that I've observed with some brands. So I think that brands need to take their email marketing UI, the interface, very seriously. I'll tell you why. See, one thing about scammers is that sometimes they don't know the fine details of things, especially look and feel, right? So if a brand invests in a good interface for their email campaigns, like it will be more difficult for a scammer to hijack the process. I'll give you one common example. Most of us have received emails from brands that are image only. So therefore, if it's somebody that wants to be fraudulent, all the person needs to do is to right click the image, say, go to this fraudulent email program and send it to your customers. However, if you take the extra efforts to do like HTML templates that have different links and have UI and it's consistent with your branding on like your website and your branding materials, I believe that also helps to protect from fraud because a fraudulent person speaks to them, the person is like, no, it's not my bank that will send me such official. So that's just what I wanted to find. Please, sir, please. Please, sir, go for it. Okay, I believe that most of us in this forum are familiar with the hush puppy story. If we are taking our time to go through the modalities of how they operate, is making use of things like this, leveraging on the lapses or the weaknesses of but those that we manage. So, how do we guard against such incidences? That's my first question. And number two question is, uh, how is this product going to be of use to us in the investment uh, business? How do we apply this to? It's been a while since we wanted to jumpstart our podcast. In the past, it was a hassle to do that. Thanks to Buzzsprout, we're now able to publish our podcast to multiple directories and get our message to you. If you've been thinking of starting your podcast, why don't you consider using Buzzsprout? 
Use the link in the show notes of this episode so they'll know we sent you. You'll love them. Okay, sir. In regards to the Hush Puppy story, yeah, that was the curious one. So that was the case of a scam hijacking the email communications of a brand without the person even knowing that his communications were hijacked. So it's a thing, maybe somebody's spoofing my email and having a conversation with a third party. And at the end of the day, it results in a transaction. So how can you protect yourself with that? Yeah, so it's very funny. Sometimes we have some of our legacy senior executives who are not that comfortable with um, digital platforms. So I think it's very important for us to educate them on the best practices. Like you have things like two-factor authentication and DKIM signing, DMARC signing. Now, if you have all these things in place, it will be very difficult for a scammer to actually initiate such conversations. I've noticed that even in some banks, what they do is that um, like senior executives that can give approval for money, that there are phones that actually have, maybe Mr. Michael can even clarify on that, but their phones actually have security features that come with the phones as well as the email program to prevent these kind of things from happening. So I guess that hush puppy story is just a case of because you avoid digital does not mean you cannot expand. So the best thing is that you should know about it and know about the best practices to secure yourself accordingly. Maybe somebody, one of, one of our other panelists wants to shed more light on that topic. It's a very correct thing. The story is about not being able to leverage additional security. It's becoming mandatory, even regulatory now, that all access to email systems have the second level and second factor authentication. Was able to get away with what he did over time because he ejected and was able to manipulate via the, the mailbox for such a long time. With second factors, that will not be able to happen because at some point during the course of him using that, he would definitely have been prompted to be able to use a second factor to actually uh, authenticate that he is actually the rightful owner of that email. That said, other security solutions are also being put in place. He used those emails over time from different countries. There are security solutions that are available to be put in place to track where your emails have been accessed from and then begin to notify both you and the administrators to be able to tell whether you are the same person or quickly take actions to address it. So there are so many things in place now to actually address those kind of things. Like CK has said, it is important that also at that level, they hire an executive that these security um, apparatus are there to actually protect them and also be able to leverage them for their own safety too. All right, uh, just one more thing to add. There's the, they say that the, that a chain is as strong as its weakest link. So every organization has to invest a healthy portion of its annual budget to cybersecurity training for every single member of of their uh, staff. The story out of the U.S. Uh, about Barbara Cochran. She's the she's uh, one of the she's one of the she's part of the team on Shark Tank, the TV show, and she lost about $400,000 in February to a phishing scam and it was simply someone who impersonated one of her assistants and sent an email to her accountant okay 
and, and sent the, the guy an invoice to be paid into a particular amount and the guy didn't check it out because it was it looked like the assistance account because look the higher up these scammers go the more expertise they they generate so it's not enough to just say that the recipient should just look out for a few things but they should actually invest in really getting trained and updated in the latest techniques being applied by by these individuals who who look for vulnerabilities in your security apparatus and the biggest vulnerability for a lot of organizations is their people they have to invest in the people they have to consistently make them aware of the adjustments that that these bad actors are making to their uh, processes and then they all have to be trained up to counter these things it's been a while since we wanted to jumpstart our podcast in the past, it was a hassle to do that. Thanks to Buzzsprout, we're now able to publish our podcast to multiple directories and get our message to you. If you've been thinking of starting your podcast, why don't you consider using Buzzsprout? Use the link in the show notes of this episode so they'll know we sent you. You'll love them. Thank you for your feedback, Mr. Benga. Thank you, Mr. A, Mr. Michael. As for the time constraint, we, if you have more questions, of course, you can email us at the time or we are based in VI as well. I'll go to the next question from Mr. Mkunle Ajani from Conga. Uh, customers' behavior relative to products they, are, they have affinity for is important for segmentation. To determine what deals to push to them, how do we achieve this within our journeys? I guess Mr. CK could answer this question. Okay, yeah, Mr. Kunle Ajani, right? Okay. Yeah, so I hear your question, and I believe CC touched on it during his presentation. So it's about recommendation. So what happens is that most marketers, uh, as a marketer, you should understand that we are trying to do uh, communication at the right time to the customers. And um, AA also spoke about it. So many brands, what they do is they just send a receipt in their email address without doing much cross-selling or upselling, So it's quite difficult to even understand which is the related products and all that. So what I feel that marketers should do is that they should first start from that receipt that the customer gets when they purchase something. For example, in the case of Conga, that is an e-commerce store, if the person buys like a laptop, for example, why don't you show the person your link to media accessories and computer accessories in the receipt itself then that way you can be able to judge from the engagement with that communication how relevant it is as a related product so that's one way you can do this then of course you have um, different kinds of features like recommendation engines and ai based engines that can tell you what products you recommend for customers based on historical data but for the context of our topic today, I would say it is to be good to start with recommendations that come from transaction receipts so that you can engage the customers because most people actually read those receipts. I believe we have one last question from Temi Tayo. As a company that is just setting out, what would be your advice on how to start with communication through email? To answer that, I'll tell you some things that you should not do. 
because a lot of people when they are, they want to start communication with emails they always find themselves in trouble so they do things like purchasing email lists which is technically illegal and sending emails to people without their consent okay so what i would say is this if you are starting out in email communication build your email list organically build it slowly do not be afraid to look for opportunities to request for your customers email because if they do not give you cannot mail them so it's funny like some customers have websites that have been on for five six years and there's no way to capture email addresses of their customers and the website has been gone on up for five years that is a will be a serious waste of real estate and not a fair utilization of your resources so what i would say is start slowly build your list organically and also try to consistently communicate with your customers i believe AA spoke something about that don't send them emails when you feel like it once every month or intermittently try to send them regular emails so that you can build an aggressive i guess those are my thoughts on that can i um, make I one guess. contribution sure. all right just one more thing Temitayo. it's important that you understand that as a new business you are the underdog so you need to find a way to come to consistently provide value when you send out your email messaging it's important there are there are postures that ensure that people expect your email to help them in one way or the other and so it'd be great for you to do some research about the main pain points of your customers or your clients or the people that you serve and provide something to them it could be a paragraph it could be less than a paragraph two sentences but every email has to carry something that would help them you could have a pdf that you create that uh, contains tips that would be helpful to your customers i would i would advise that you consider including these nuggets in your email correspondence while you're building your list i guess as for the time constraint we will take further questions we will in case we have you can always send us an email uh, or we can physically visit our office as well in ria thank you mr a thank you mr michael thank you cc thank you for the your time and efforts thank you audience I really appreciate taking out your time. Thank you everyone. I uh, really appreciate your time. Thank you everyone. Thanks for joining. Have a great one. Have a great one too. We hope that this was fun for you. Remember to support our sponsors because by supporting them, you support us. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Like and share this episode because when all is said and done, we need to support each other. Till our next episode, stay hopeful and build something that matters.